Hey everyone, welcome to another conversations with me, Hey Delwin, and today with me I have um, Dr. Renard, who is a climate change expert. Um, how this came about, Renard, is that in the last few weeks, I, I've been as I was on social media, as I was scrolling, uh, I, I saw um, quite a few different posts about forest fires. In, in the Amazon, in Indonesia, uh, in Brazil. So, um, and, and it wasn't just a once-off thing. These were things I saw over and over and over again. So I, I thought, look, instead of just scrolling past, let's have a bit of a conversation about um, you know, forest fires and climate change. And so I, I thought to myself, who do I know in my circle of friends who is in this space of climate change, of sustainability, of the environment. And so I thought of you immediately. So this is Dr. Renard. He is the climate change advisor to the Center for Governance and Political Studies in Malaysia. Now that's number one. He is the co-chair of climate change and disaster risk management uh, involved in the UN Environment Program. That's number two. Uh, he is a member of the World Economic Forum Expert Network, that's number three. And the list goes on, including things like, as you mentioned before, uh, you studied in UNSW, uh, Cambridge, you're part of the Global Young Academy for Research Impact, uh, you're a Forbes Fellow, you're an Asia 21 young, young Leader, and the list goes on, Renard. Maybe in your own words, um, introduce yourself. Who are you? Thank you very much uh, for the introduction. Yeah, uh, yeah so, so I guess for myself, um, I would say that I am a climate change specialist. Yeah. Uh, so I'm currently playing the role as an advisor with the Center for Governance and Political Studies. Uh, for, for those who are not aware, uh, this particular center, or GPS for short, it's a nonpartisan think tank, which really aims to uh, engage uh, public citizens on r really critical and pertinent issues. So the work stream that I'm, I'm currently leading is on climate and, and, and environmental uh, studies. Yeah. What I do there really is that um, I obviously publish a number of uh, research papers yeah. uh, relating to my area of interest. Yeah. Uh, so you will see, you know, a couple of articles like journal papers that I, I, I occasionally write for the World Economic Forum, yeah. uh, Huffington Post, yeah. uh, but also like local dailies, like in, in Malaysia, the Star, News Rates Time. Yeah, those are the mainstream uh, uh, newspaper. Just in terms of advocacy as well, like I do reach out to quite a broad range of stakeholders. Yeah, uh, from you know like government political leaders, all the way down to civil society organizations and talking to university and high school students, like raising awareness on uh, what climate change really means to each and every one of us, sure. and what are some things that we can do, and how will policy changes that are happening in Asia actually affect, affect us. Mm. Yeah. And, and I guess with, with, with the other roles that, that I had with the, uh, you, you know, being, being the co-chair for the climate uh, collective goal with the United Nations, uh, environmental programs. Um, it's really just me plugging myself into the ecosystem, like yeah. so to speak, uh, because climate change is really one of those issues whereby it affects quite a broad 
spectrum of uh, yeah. or, or a very bright, bright spectrum of, of society. Yeah. And uh, with UNAVFI, I've been able to really leverage and tap on the capital markets. Like, so yeah. people working in, in finance or accountants or institutional investors, people who have huge amounts of funding. I'm basically lobbying and saying that, hey, like with all the funding that you have, here's an opportunity to allocate that uh, to help mitigate uh, some of the impacts of climate change by investing in adaptive, uh, you know, infrastructure, yeah. uh, by investing in, in generally, you know, things like renewable energy, yeah. solar, hydro, wind, you know, basically alternatives to help facilitate the transition from a uh, uh, coal-powered plants, which we're so you know like used to, and mm. well, at least in my part of the the world. Because mm. you're you're based in Kuala Lumpur, yeah. I am based in Kuala Lumpur. Yes, that's correct. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, now, when you say I and we, are you referring to to send GPS? Or are you referring to something else? Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess when I say we, it really, you know, I'm really referring to the committees that that I'm really involved with. Yeah. So. With FFI, obviously, the collective climate uh, goal, like basically yeah. consists of a group of, you know, like really passionate uh, climate specialists. And, and we come from all, all sorts of different backgrounds. There are people who work in the government sector and the private yeah. sector okay. uh, in think tanks like, like myself. Uh, yeah, like basically us coming together collectively as a group okay. to make a really strong statement that, that you know, climate change is real okay. and we are serious about it and there's something that all of us need to do in order to prevent the decremental impacts that, yeah. that will come with it. Okay. Yeah. So in my mind, this is how I kind of imagine what you do, right? So, you know, based on yeah. your socials, your LinkedIn, I imagine you, you one, you go to meetings, you, number two, you, you kind of deliver talks, uh, awareness talks, advocacy type talks, you're involved in discussions. Um, I'm imagining yeah. as well that you sit in front of a computer typing and researching and uh, putting down reports out there about your findings and your opinions on things. Um, yeah. A am I close to the mark or, or is, is cause obviously that's a very superficial type um, I, answer, but sure. I, I'm sure it's, it goes much deeper than that. Yeah. Or, or am I on the mark? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I see myself as, as an action uh, re researcher, if you like. Action researcher. So I do a lot of consulting. Yeah, I, I do a lot of consulting projects as well, like yeah. for governments and uh, corporate bodies. Yeah. Um, and with the projects uh, that I'm involved in, you know, it could be something as simple as you know setting up a reporting mechanism, like yeah. to measure and organize carbon footprint. Yeah. All the way to you know, like working with governments on enacting a climate change policy. Okay. So. So, so the projects that I'm involved in definitely vary from, from one to another. Uh, but with all these projects, uh, for me, I've been able to sort of take, so sometimes take, take a third-person perspective like, yeah. and, and to really capture some of the that, that I can learn and, and to really document okay. uh, the, the learnings in, into a form of research and, okay. and, and articles. And, and the idea really is just to, I, I suppose in many ways, to spread awareness that there are many different solutions to you, you know to climate change okay so so it, 
it really depends on at, at what level of understanding you're, okay. you're at. You okay. know, like, it, you know, it could be at, at a beginner level where, where you have no clue at all okay. about what climate change is, yeah. or the way to something sophisticated. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but before we do, yeah. tell us and tell me, like, uh, were you always into climate change? Like, I, I'm, were you, did it just dawn upon you one day in your teens, in your university life? Like, Holy, holy moly! This is an important thing. The world is the world around me is changing. I gotta get involved somehow. Or did you kind of grow up yeah. in a really eco savvy household? Did it did, did it hit you in your teens? Yeah. Tell us about the origins of, of your journey. Sure, I, I think that's a really interesting <laughs> question. So so for myself, I, I grew up in in a small fishing village in in Kuantan along wow. the east coast of uh, Peninsula Malaysia. Yeah, and I remembered very vividly as a kid. Um, there were just so many flood events in, 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 my, in, in, in the village that, that, that I was in. We're talking, uh, what, 10 years old, 9 years old, like 12? I, I, I was, yeah, I was, I was 9, 10, okay. you know, all the way up to, to 12, and, and okay. year on year, yeah. uh, you know, e evacuating from, from our village, you know, getting displaced into uh, community halls. Yeah. You, you know, it, it becomes sort of like a ritual. And I remember thinking to myself that, hey, this isn't really normal. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, you know, having to evacuate year on year, like yeah. losing, you know, some of your, 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 your house, you know, like assets, like literally like TVs yeah. and yeah. You know, furniture, like everything just goes. And I remember as, a, as being the curious kid that I was, I... You, you know, I, I always wanted to seek answers to this, like, because uh, for me, it was, I, I didn't feel like it was convenient and, yeah. and it didn't feel normal to me. And a lot of the adults, you know, that I was surrounded uh, with, like, mm. would just say that, hey, this is, this is an act of God. Like, you know, like, wow. if it happens, yeah. it, it, it happens. I, I guess being, being the rebel that, that I was, I <laughs> couldn't accept that as an answer. Wow. And I, I, I it, it just started... I, I suppose that that was the first point when when I started becoming really interested in yeah. in this whole phenomenon of of how weather patterns you know like changes like yeah. how, how it, you know I was just really intrigued in yeah. in, 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 in this whole thing you know you know climate related stuff and and when I went to university I actually did uh, uh, civil engineering okay because you know you're Asian right so typically <laughs> you either go into yeah engineer. Yep. Sure. Sorry, engineering okay. or, or gotcha. something. And this was in UNSW or but, was this in Cambridge? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. This was at UNSW uh, okay. during my undergraduate study. Sure. And I particularly remember that the emphasis on, um, you know, the environmental side of things was really strong because partly because my school was, was sort of a combination between civil and, and, and yeah. environmental yeah. engineering. And I suppose that was my first foray into you know, the whole climate change and climate science uh, sure. debate. So you were 20, so, you were about 20-ish? Yeah. Okay. At, at this time, I was, I was in my, yeah, like early 20s, okay. I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, you know just, just, I suppose, diving deeper into the whole phenomenon of climate change was, yeah. was quite an interesting uh, prospect. And um, in, in that year, during my undergraduate studies, I also had an opportunity to uh, attend uh, Al Gore, you know, yeah, 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 of course, up, yeah. Um, climate the, reality uh, project. Yeah, or, yeah. Or Was this uh, pre or post uh, inconvenient truth? Um, this was pre. Pre. In, in, inconvenient truth. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
but but it really opened up my my eyes like yeah. i you know for the very first time you know it, it just became very clear to me that you know climate change was something that is attributed to yeah. mankind like human yeah. beings are responsible for you know the natural disasters yeah. that that we've been uh, facing yeah and also because it's something that is so personal like it has yeah. affected yeah you know like me personally i felt that there was a need to you know deep dive and 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 mm. uh you know like really be an advocate in this area yeah. and try to see encourage people to to change their their ways yeah and for me that was really the starting point okay. of you know how i actually you know like like got interested in, in okay and space. you were you had already graduated or were you you were still in between or uh, in the I, was, I was i was i was i was in that 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 transition okay. process so i was studying and also at the same time i was actively you know like seeking the truth like trying to uh, learn more yeah, about this it, you yeah. know phenomenon to engage with okay. quite a broad niche of uh, okay. people who work in this area okay and you know you know before i i knew it i i took the plunge and uh, yeah. you know ended up working in the space was, yeah was it then like a one thing led to another thing uh, one talk went to let another talk a degree a post a masters a postgraduate type thing or was it like a fast forward of, of any sort? I, I suppose for me, it was it was just it was, it was sort of gradual, right? Yeah. So okay. you know, um, I started from from where I came from. Like I went yeah. to university, engaging with this whole different group of of of, of uh, people who work in in climate yeah. science, um, and I decided to do my my research actually centered around low carbon uh, cities and, wow. and and environment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that that transition was was also quite interesting because for the very first time right i could identify myself as a technical expert in sure. in, in this uh, area yeah. yeah yeah and and of course fast forward uh when when i came back from my you know you know from my from my phd studies um there were a number of opportunities for me to engage with the with the academy of sciences in, yeah. in malaysia uh and climate change was starting to really pick up yeah. at, at that point in, in, in time. Yeah. Like people were starting to talk about it. Like there, there was this, you know, like whole movement into yeah. sustainability. Yeah. The United Nations had the development goals. Um, but it, it was also a very tough journey because I came in as, you know, you know, uh, someone fresh, you know, yeah. like I was a, sure, yeah. I think I was 20 years old, like, you know, with, with, with a fresh PhD and I was yeah. going to these meetings and yeah. trying to tell people that, hey, this is, you, you know what 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 you have done in the past is all old school like sure. it's time to shift and, and start transitioning into yeah. you know, you know uh, the renewable energy space because malaysia just has that much of potential yeah and of course i was shot down like there were a lot of doors that were closed like people didn't uh, quite yeah. uh yeah. what's the word like yeah 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 because of the age factor like yeah, they're like yeah. hey you know like new guy who's coming into the space like yeah. Why should we take your word for sure. you, you know you know granted like what sort of uh, credibility do sure, you yeah, have? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it was something that I, I suppose I I had to build up over the years, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. on on that point, and, Ren, like even from my my side, um, yeah. once upon a time I used to organize events, um, big events, small events, but one of the big ones, one of the big flagships we did was the National Environment Conference. My task was, uh, number one, was to craft the program alongside uh, one of my colleagues, but number two, to kind of sell the tickets, right? So um, even back then, like once, 
in the build-up to the events and then on the day of the event itself and then post-event, there were all these different um, uh, levels and layers of complexity of stakeholder management. I think that's what you were kind of alluding to yeah. before, that it's not, yeah. it's not as straightforward as saying, all right, I've got the answer, everyone. Listen up. This is what we're going to do. It, it goes way, yeah. way beyond that in, into things like the current energy players, their, their thoughts on, on where things are at. Uh, government uh, departments and agencies because they're all tied into different trade agreements as well um, and obviously all the different uh, uh, different la- levels of stakeholders above and, be- and below um, and so look I, I, I kind of from a distance I all this resonates because I know the complexities of um, how climate change and sustainability while these are very much evergreen topics especially in 2019 these are yeah. not uh, these are not uh, simple discussions to have, and so look, Ren. Um, I guess my next our te- our next talking point would be for those of us watching or listening. Um, I'm imagining there might be two groups. One might be those who are uh, probably people like uh, like me, where I I've I see the headlines on social media, I read the, the newspapers. Uh, every now and then, someone on the street approaches me saying, "Hey, have you heard about climate change? And would you like to be involved?" So there, there are those of us who are in that space where we're very, we know about it from a very, I guess, superficial level. And then I imagine there's another group where there might be researchers, people like yourselves, where you're very, very close to the topic. Your ear is on the ground, so to yeah. speak. So, so for those of us in the, um, in the camp of uh, the newbies or the, uh, those who are um, you know, not as familiar in this topic as you are, what are the current headlines? You know, very briefly, are there kind of any three or you know, one, two, three, four, five key headlines of what's happening in the space of climate change? Yeah, um, sure. So, so I think one of the latest trends that uh, you, you know, social media has, has also sort of touched on this yeah. a little bit more is the fact that uh, the IPCC has... has uh, you, you know, re- release a report saying that we only have a couple of dozen of years left wow. uh, before, no, b- before temperature actually hits the 1.5 degree Celsius mark. Okay. And, and I'm sure, yeah, th- this is a magic number. So yeah. in, in a lot of stuff that we're trying to do in the climate change space, really, is trying to cap temperatures, temperature from increasing by, by 1.5 degrees. Because yeah. what that means essentially is that you, extreme weather patterns like floods, yeah. Uh, droughts, yeah. forest fires, uh, you know, the haze situation that has been happening, sure. people falling sick, it's going to intensify. Yeah. So just to give you an idea, um, in the 1950s, yeah. um, extreme, such extreme weather patterns only cover about 0.1% of our yeah. Earth's surface. In the year 2000, yeah. 50 years ahead from now, yeah. extreme weather patterns have increased by about 14 times of that. Wow, okay, yep. 14 times, 40% yeah. of, of the whole Earth's uh, surface area. Mm-hmm. What that means and, and translates into is that they're going to have more people like myself, like kids growing up, living in lowland areas, yeah. who are going to, have to evacuate not just yeah. once, yeah. not just twice, yeah. but, you know, they're talking about quadruple the amount yeah. of times because they are actually facing the, the brunt yeah. of, of uh, climate change. Okay. And my story, my, mind you, is only one of the many stories yeah. out there like okay. because I was, I was born in, in that area so that area was just more susceptible yeah. to uh, floods 
uh, you know, uh, Jack Carter currently is, is is on the verge of sinking. Yeah. You know, like uh, the sea level right. right. Yes. Wow. Yes. I did to not the know point that. Where, to the point to the point where uh, the the president wanted to relocate and find a new uh, capital, like for for Jakarta, because it oh. is sinking by a couple of uh, inches every single year. Wow. So sea levels are rising. Yeah. Um, for investors, like people who are, you know, thinking about, hey, I want to purchase a, a land, I want to purchase a property. Yeah. You know what? These are some of the things that they're going to have to start thinking about. Like, yeah. is my property submerged yeah. underwater in 20, sure. 30 years from yeah. now? Yeah. And these are things that are uh, that are very, very real. Like, yep. it's, it's affecting people like you yep. and me. Yep. Um, and, and I think this is the sort of, of message that needs to get out them more, okay. right? Like to the public, or even as you say, like people with, with different uh, understanding of what climate change is. Yeah. Um, are and, are and we still in that time, space, Ren, of, uh, you know, once upon a time, and it might still be today, the whole, the three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle, or is that kind of become outdated a little bit? I think, I, I, I well, I mean, for, for the community, for the community that I'm in, I think uh, the three R is still very much, you know, the mantra. Okay. Um, yeah, I to be honest with you, like when, when you talk about like climate change advocacy, I haven't really seen um, much movement yeah. in this in space yet, and I think it's partly because people find it hard to identify sure. or relate to the yeah. issue. Uh, oftentimes, when they look at what's in the media and the news, sometimes the when when you have you know climate specialists like myself yeah. like talking about you know climate science yeah we can get carried away like with sure. the different terminology <laughs> and a lot of conversations can be you know like thirty thousand feet above ground sure yeah yeah we need to make it real yeah i think one of the ways is by highlighting real life stories okay. of how people have been have been affected which is on why you, 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 you've gone back to the story about flooding and like um buying yeah. land and all that yep yeah, because mm -hmm. because because at the end of the day, climate change affects everyone. Sure. Yeah. It's just that uh, you know people find it hard to connect the dots. Yeah. 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 Okay. And 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 I guess to the other camp, those who are in the know, like uh, from your your vantage point, your opinion, your your point of view, what are what remain the big challenges? Is it a lack of commitment, a lack of buy-in? Is it a, 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 an economic type discussion? Where are we at in, in, in yeah. that space? To be honest with you, I That's don't like know the billion dollar question, right, Ren? There are just so many problems right now. Sure. Um, obviously, to, to, to begin with, at a political level, like there are obviously a lot of climate denialists. Denialists, uh, yeah. President Trump is, 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 is one of them, and he has made it very, very clear like yeah. what his stance is. Um, some politicians are uh, supported by you know the whole movement. You yeah. know, people who are involved in coal mining, for example. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like they obviously want to continue uh, being involved in the industry. They want to continue digging and continue to burning fossil fuels sure. because it's it's at the end of the day. Uh, you know, like profitability to them. Like, sure, of course. So, so this this group of people will, will not stop, right? Yeah. Uh, and 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 this is where it's very difficult, or, or rather, I would say it's a barrier for renewable energy to come into space as well. Mm. Uh, 
uh, because people are so fixated on their old ways, they yeah. just want to stay with, yeah, yeah, yeah. with, with coal. Yeah. It's very difficult for, you know, like solar, wind, uh, you know, like new innovations like in, in the renewable energy space mm. to really start kicking in because there are they're, they're sort of two sets of, mm. uh, you know, like two competing industries, if, yeah. if, if you like. Yeah. So, so it does come, um, one of the big factors, would you say, is um, the economics and the money um, discussion? Yeah, I mean, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, like a lot of people are still primarily um, concerned about uh, monetary means. I, I, yeah. I suppose they're more short term rather than looking at it mm. for, for, from, from a longer term perspective. Yeah. So it's about, you know, like digging out, you know, from the ground, like as many resource as much resources yeah. as we can, yeah. like sell them, like you know, gain big bucks, mm. uh, but I don't really care about, you know, what, what happens to the yeah. environment. So I think a lot of people, I still think that the majority of, of people, influential people yeah. in the political or economic field is still, you know, still has that, that, that mindset, yeah. which and, needs and to be changed. And it's not as straightforward as, look, all right, folks, listen up, reduce this by that, uh, change that by yeah. this. Because there's so many different yeah. layers, right? Because it affects it, it affects thousands and thousands of jobs, thousands of industries, thousands of different products. Um, all these different things is, is a really complex piece. So Ren, you know, I'm listening, and and you know, I think both you and I were both living in you know cities. We have you know nice uh, a home, a roof on top of our heads. We, we, we kind of, uh, we have our cars, we, some of us might take a bus to work, some of us might cycle to work. But for people who are watching or listening um, along, this will sound slightly naive, slightly careless, yeah. slightly ignorant, but, but why should we care? Or, or rather, why should we care more about this? Yes, we know that climate change is an issue. Uh, you mentioned before the 1.5 thing within the next 20 years. But, but yeah. is there, a, is there a, um, a, a point of discussion that you could offer us to tell us, uh, to convince us, if you like, why we should care more? You, uh, you see, for, for myself, I come from a very... You know, climate change is something that's very personal to me. Yeah. Uh, because as I've mentioned earlier on, um, I, I was a flood uh, victim. Yeah. And, I remember growing up, you know, the one thing that was on my hate constantly was I really don't want, you know, another kid like, you know, who 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 grew who grows up, you wow. know, and yeah and in, 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 in a similar area to be facing what I face. Yeah. Because number one, I, I just don't think that it is normal mm. for any kid to think that, you know, facing flits it's 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 uh, an, an annual ritual, yeah. like like the Chinese New Year. Sure, yeah. Uh, it's 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 inconvenient, I think. And and at the end of the day, you it it you, you know um, communities lo loses a lot. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, yeah. not just like assets, but you know, in some ways, it does affect the economy as well. Yeah. Uh, for farmers who are involved in uh, in the agriculture space. Yeah. Uh, Crop use are in the decline, like when when temperatures uh, rise and yeah. you have things like drought and and not having enough uh, water to leave. Yeah. So for me, I would say that this is really about survival, like, survival. like more more than anything. It's 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 you know like not just a you know like fluffy concept that people sure. talk about. Yeah, they are proven case studies that 
you know, climate change actually affects, uh, you know, the most vulnerable uh, people, like yeah. in, in, in the communities. Yeah. And, and, and for me, I think, I think it's, it's, it would be very selfish for us to say that, you know, it's not my problem. Sure. You know, I think that's extremely selfish to, mm. to say that it's not my problem. I'm not facing it. You know, mm. somebody else does. So good luck to them. Yeah. I, I think we are, we are all in this yeah. uh, together. It's, it's really, you, you know, a plea for, sure. for humanity. Yeah. 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 So it's, um, it, it's hard, isn't it? Because like, I think all of us know, like deep down, look, this is the right thing to do. The, the right thing to talk about and the right thing to find solutions for. But um, yeah. you know, it, uh, to take for many of us to kind of uh, to take that next step of um, you know making a list of a, a to do list or, or or taking some action, uh, which will be my I guess my, my last question. Um, yeah. there seems to be still a bit of like a convincing or still a bit of a, a disconnect. I, I in my, in my point of view, look, Ren. I'm also before this conversation, I I put out a call out for questions and there are a couple of questions which have come through one of the questions uh was around overpopulation and where is that in in the discussion of things because you know a, a climate uh, aside from a human growth uh, yes. uh you know point of view we are still yes. a right. growing species right so where is that in the whole yeah. scheme of things I, i'll address the overpopulation question like i, I think there is no shred of doubt that uh, you know population growth is expanding, it's growing exponentially. Yeah. What that means essentially is that um, we're going to have need to find like more sources of food, right? Like, yeah. To feed this increasing uh, population. Now, the interesting thing is that climate change has been actually related to a huge decline in uh, crop use. Actually, two thirds of uh, you know the four main human calorie, uh, calorific intake, corn uh, or maize, right. uh, rice, barley, wheat, yeah. like they are on a huge significant decline by about four to seven percent, like sure. every single year. We are going to end up being in a situation like where we are actually not going to have any, you know, we're not going to have sufficient like food supply to feed right. our increasing uh, population. And this is, this is a problem because it's it's related to climate change, right? Yeah. yeah. Issue number two is our water supply. Our water supply, as it stands, like currently, like yeah. in some parts of the world in Cape Town, they're already experiencing what we call day zero, like where they are running, literally running out of water. Not enough water for irrigation. Not enough water for uh, domestic uh, use, like shower, washing. Yeah. Uh, not enough water for for things like agriculture, right? Sure. And people are going to go to war because of water. Yeah. It's such an, yeah, yeah. It's such a problem. And droughts are caused by by you know like uh, you know changes in in weather patterns. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, don't look as far as as, as, as Cape Town in Africa. Like even in Malaysia, we have a state called Selangor. Mm. Like uh, so, so we have this dam mm. like that has experienced a fall or decline yeah. in uh, water levels. And yeah. water levels, yeah, because of this phenomenon called intervariability or rainfall, like where areas that used to get a lot of rainfall no longer get as much rainfall as they used to, yeah, because of changes in climatic patterns. So at the end of the day, like in this day and age, in the twenty first century, like you still have to queue up, right, like, yeah, with your buckets of, of water, right, yeah. to wait for for rescue to come, which is insane, right? Yeah. So for me, 
it, it boils back down to this whole uh, idea of, of, of uh, survivability, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, you know, and 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 it's linked to to climate to climate change. Really. Mm. What can we do, like in terms of um, some actionable steps? You know, after people watch this, after they listen to this, what are a few th- practical things we could do starting today? I, you know, for me, I think that after day, climate change affects a broad range of stakeholders, right? So when we talk about stakeholders, we are referring to people with really different roles and responsibilities, yeah. right? So if you look at it from an individual perspective, it's, it's quite easy to relate. So, you know, things like switching off, off your, your lights when you're not using it, we, yep. we thought in terms like scope two of carbon, like, you, you know, it's from, it's from fossil fuels, like from, from, from where I come from. So trying to limit uh, yeah. usage of electricity when, when you don't need it is one of those things. Yep. Um, opt for electric vehicles, like where, where possible, okay. because that, that are more, more you, you know, it's sort of like a move towards a transition towards more sustainable lifestyles. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, try to go zero waste as far as possible because yeah. waste that are at landfills, like when they disintegrate, they yeah. release a lot of methane gases sure. into the atmosphere. Yeah. So the way that beef has a huge, you know, like impact on, yeah. on, on climate change, first yeah. and foremost. Secondly, if you look at, at climate change from a professional perspective, like if you were, you were an investor, like you can actually make an option, a day-to-day choice to actually make investments in renewables. Yeah. So yeah. you know, like make make a stand. Like say that you want to divest away from fossil fuels because you don't feel that it's you know the right way uh, yeah. for, forward, right? You, you know, like if you are an expert like in 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 sustainability and climate change, you feel that you have an you, you have a way to uh, raise awareness and advocacy, yeah. then then definitely do that because the world needs to hear, you know, uh, the story about, about, about climate change and, yeah. and its impacts. And I think every single story counts. Yeah. So I started my journey, you know, uh, by, by, by actually listening to someone influential like Al Gore yeah. and, and he made a conscious decision to actually share, yeah. you know, his knowledge with the wider community. Yeah. So I, I, you know, every conversation counts, and mm. you know, like I, I think it's never too late to you mm. know just just go for it, yeah, and spark okay. that that conversation. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it's it really comes down to, I guess, everyday living behavior. Like one of the other questions someone had before was around open burning, right? Like how do we stop this? How do we limit this? Because um, you know, I think in some societies and communities. Uh, instead of throwing our rubbish away, we, we would still burn our rubbish in our backyard. But that made, yeah. me, that made me think about, um, uh, do you have any thoughts on, I guess, the role of um, you know, government in terms of sh- should they be dishing out fines? Is, is that the solution or is it more about awareness, like penalties or you know, awareness? Yeah. Uh... That's a very interesting question. I, mm. I think it's both for me. Mm. Um, for, for those who are unaware, they obviously need to hear about, you know, like what are the negative effects of, yeah. of things like open burning or trying to minimize, you know, burning garbage as, yeah. as far as possible. Yeah. Uh, but open burning is particularly common in Malaysia, especially in the palm oil industry. Sure, yeah. Like where people are, are you know, like literally burning waste yeah. because they feel that it would actually make their land more fertile. And it's actually a traditional practice yeah. that yeah, has yeah, been yeah. Yeah. Uh, passed from one 
to another. Yeah. And from that end, I think there needs to be a lot of incentivization from, say, you know, different parts of, of the government. Mm. So, so in Malaysia, like we have something that we call the Malaysian Sustainable Palm Oil or MSPO, yeah. which tries to discourage open burning mm. uh, and is trying to get a smallholder uh, farmers, those that have less than 50 hectares of land, to move into the sustainability space. Mm. So from that end, I think I think there's uh, different uh, instruments like to incentivize yeah. uh, people to 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 not open burn as, as much. Um, I think that fines and penalties like do work as well, like in, in some cases. Mm. Uh, but the key is really about consistency. Yeah. So don't wait. You you know a case situation has 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 happened. Yeah. And it affected a lot of people. Like people are getting hospitalized then only you come in and say hey you know what i want to start you know giving you fines and penalties mm. then 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 you see a surge and or a ramp up in terms of fines and penalties that are given sure. i don't think that that is the way in order yeah. for fines and penalties to work you must uh you, you know governments need to make sure uh that they are consistent mm. and then consistently you know like tracking and monitoring and yeah. making sure that people are, are compliant yeah. you know in, in order for the work effectively yeah and even there you know the other, the other uh, layer to that is how different cultures view uh, you know like uh, for example if if even australia if i was to you know start a bit of a fire and burn stuff burn some trash in my backyard all the neighbors around me would would be very happy to come and knock and on my door and probably you know throw stones at me because it's just not yeah. the thing you do, but you know. In yeah. I, I, I know because you know I grew up. I grew up and I spent many, many years in Brunei and even and some years in Malaysia as well. Um, society and, and community is um, functions a little bit different in the point of point of view that um, it's not always as easy to confront our neighbor, our fellow neighbor, because you know yeah. our grandma and grandpa were friends, our uncles and aunties are friends. Therefore, if I confront you, I'm embarrassing you, and it becomes it's not as straightforward as saying knock, knock, knock. Could you please stop, you know, burning yeah. rubbish? Because yeah. there's a level of face of pride involved as well. Look, Ren, um, I, as we draw to a close, uh, I, I guess the, the last few questions are, are a few of the softer questions. Um, you know what? What would you say has been your biggest or proudest achievement to date? I I think for me it's, it's the opportunity to learn and yeah. plug myself into different ecosystems. Yeah. So you know my involvement with with UNAP FI gave me a foreway into understanding what institutional investors really yeah. care and concern about yeah. and it allows me to actually say hey you know like there here's really an opportunity for you to shift your mindset yeah. like instead of in, in investing in in coal powered plants mm. like in, instead of investing in fossil fuels like here's an opportunity to make a new transition yeah um you know like through my involvement with, with the other communities like uh with uh, you know, you know, as a stakeholder council member of uh, Global Infrastructure Basel, I think I've been able to sort of provide inputs like yeah. into the first uh, design of what it means to develop sustainable infrastructure. So I think I think it's just opportunities to yeah. sort of engage yeah. at the end of the day, engage with different stakeholders and, and being able to help shape the agenda yeah. for a low carbon environment has been one of yeah. my biggest 
satisfactions to date. And then my second last question, Ren, is what would you tell the 15 or the 16 year old version of yourself? If you could jump back in time, what would you tell yourself? I would say, you know, like be bold and, and courageous. Like don't be afraid of making mistakes. Um, I, I think I think during that age range for me personally, yeah. I was I, I tend to overthink stuff yeah. like so much that you know I, I, I was afraid of you know like venturing into sure. and, and learning new, new things. And yeah. I think to a certain extent that sort of hindered me from from, from just trying out sure. and, and exploring. Yeah. So I mean I would definitely say, you know, just go out there like uh, do and, and test out what, whatever it is, like whatever crazy ideas that you yeah. think you have in your mind, yeah. just give it a go. Because, yeah. you know, in, in millennial language, YOLO, you, you only yeah, live yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. All right, Ren, last question. Um, who inspires you or what inspires you and why? <laughs> I think there's too many to, to mention, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I guess one of my inspirations is uh, Ban Ki-moon, like when he was the UN Secretary sure. General. Yeah. Uh, the reason was because in the whole climate change and sustainability debate at that time, yeah. like I saw a lot of people who were, were mostly Westerners, I would say. Sure. I didn't think that in, in my lifetime there would be, you know, sort of an Asian figure, yeah. like someone who, yeah. who looks and, and, and rather speaks like this that could actually be a taught leader sure. in the space. Yeah. I remember just reading up about him and, 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 and just thinking, wow, like, you know, like, I can't believe that, that, that there is someone who, who has so much knowledge and, yeah. and, and is such an authoritative figure in this field. And I remember thinking, I just wanted to be like, like him yeah. someday. Um, any, any closing thoughts, any closing, um, you know, suggestions or uh, quotes or those sort of things that you want to leave with um, those watching and listening, Ren? Um, sure. I might want to end with a cliche quote. Sure. I think all of us really have to, you know, like embark on, on, on climate action right here, right now, yeah. because you know, at the end of the day, we only have uh, one planet. Like yeah. there, there's no B, as they say. Yeah. I don't think climate action is, is really an option anymore. Yeah. Like we just have to you know, like start getting our hands uh, wet and, and just start digging into it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Ren, look, thank you for your time. Uh, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you for your insights, your suggestions, your, uh, and your stories as well. I, I like how you, you kind of, from the start, you, you kind of pin down that, you know, it, it's about survival, right? Like while yesterday it might be the sun is still shining, yeah. uh, there's no floods around, but for, for others, it, it is about day-to-day -day survival. So thanks for sharing that initial story of, your, of yourself growing up in Kuantan. Thank you very much, Delvin, for yeah. having me. All good, man. All right, take care, Ren. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another conversation with me, Delvin Keysberry. If you'd like to leave me an email or a comment, feel free to send it to heydelwin at gmail.com or to my Instagram or Twitter. It is at heydelwin. Also, do me a favor and click the subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you're listening to this from uh, leave me a rating and a review as well that's going to really help me in the longer term uh, but beyond that folks i hope you enjoyed this one i hope it challenged you i hope it inspired you until the next conversation i'm wishing you well wishing you success god bless and as always back yourself <laughs>